Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers. On Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. I am Zach Miller with Warren Cluck. We do this every Sunday and again, uh, after last week's kind of best of our brewer series, we've got more brewers in with us this morning from Evil Check. Good morning, Brian and Joey. How's it going, guys? Good morning. First of all, we're a little embarrassed because you guys are literally the closest brewery to the station and have been for the last, you know, how many years, but uh, it's taken us this long to get you guys in. You're difficult boys to nail down, but welcome. Yeah, we're, we're here now. I, I know one of our uh, head brewers in the past might have came here, but I wasn't here, so this is official now. now how yeah. long have you been, and we, we have an entire show to get into it, how long sure. uh, have you been brewing for Evil Check? I've been there April of 14, so a little over seven years. Woo. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Longest job I've ever had. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, and Joey, you've been with Evil Check how long? Uh, a little over a year. All right. Awesome. Year. Okay. It was um, April last year, so a year and... Wow, right when the pandemic started. <laughs> yeah. Get in. All right. Yeah, that's Sweet. right. Yeah, it was... I moved back, got the job, moved back, and then Brian texted me and said, start date is currently pending. Oh. Yeah. So, oh. but then he texted me like a month later and said, come in Monday. Hey, Perfect. yeah. <laughs> All right. People yeah, are still that's... drinking beer during yep. the pandemic, so we're going to need you. First and foremost, uh, we apologize for taking this long to get you guys on. We're we're glad you're here, though. And secondly, like, let's open something now because I'm, I'm pretty thirsty. So thirsty what's the first little check beer we're going to take for a ride? Well, um, would you like something with coffee or a lager? Well, well it's er- a little longer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. We'll start out easy. Yeah. yeah. So I'll start with the lightest. We have uh, Jesus, our Mexican lager. Um, Sweet. Named after our company's uh, Latin and tequila bar. Yeah. Good place, too. You guys do kind of a, a non-traditional Mexican style down there. And yeah. this one is like pretty much the flagship beer for that yep. location. Yeah. One of uh, one of the older brewers, he, uh, he decided that he really, really wanted uh, a Mexican lager. And uh, the owner uh, loved it so much that it became the staple beer for Jesus. So. So what uh, actually goes into the Mexican lager? What what makes it what makes it that different than I think uh, you got the Bohemian style lager there as well? Right. You're- well, they are very similar um, in the in the sense that uh, they are basically uh, in the Germanic realm of, uh-huh. of the beginnings. Um, so so yeah, so kind of a homage to the Germans that came over to Mexico to start brewing. I mean, it's an all malt beer. There's just a uh, there's just a slight difference in uh, the hops. There's not a lot of hops. It's uh, nice and easy. Let me give you some. Yeah, let's there. even there it out. So I mean, okay. If, if so you want me to crisp, be clean, yeah. If you want me to be for real, uh, Mexican lager is basically just like kind of a tag word. It's basically just for marketing. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so if you really, it it could be considered just a pale. pale hey, lager. if you like Corona, you're gonna like this one that you guys pretty offer. much. Okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. There's no corn in it, but in the way that we brew it, it kind of hints towards uh, having that little extra sweetness. Yeah. This is a perfect uh, perfect starter this morning. Mm. Now let's talk uh, some brewing really quick and find out about Brian. Now it's time for the personal questions. Um, nice. How old are you, dude? I'll be 32 in a month. So you've or, been at Evil Check since 2014. How'd you get into the beer game? I was home brewing for about four years, and 
I was either going to get a job at a liquor store or (laughs) I got pushed by my mom and and other family members, basically. Like, that's what I was interested at that time. So then I saw that they were opening this place. And this is my hometown, so I didn't have to go far, which was Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. And I just asked them for help, uh, if they needed help, rather. And and then I got turned away. And then that day, same day, like maybe 30 minutes later, they called me back and were like, hey, can you come back real fast? And I put oh. my two weeks in at Meyer, and now I've... So you went from yeah. Meyer to like an Evil Check? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, you didn't jump in as a head brewer at Evil Check, but no. like, what, so how, when, you, when you joined the brewery, what was your first position? Because it's fun to watch how guys work their way yeah. up the ladder. And like, because the entire way you're, you're ascending through the ranks, you're learning the craft and how it's done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's as you might imagine. I was cleaning the floors. I was cleaning kegs inside and out, you know, cleaning the outside of the brewery. And basically, uh, I, I could do small batches as well. But, I mean, I was, like, basically, like, the gopher and clean up and run and go get this and everything. And so just learned everything slowly but surely. Yeah. And, and then when, did, when did they make you the uh, the, the man? It was uh, 2018, so you know we had some uh, position switches and everything like that, and then uh, I was asked to step up, and I said, "Hell yeah!" So they yeah. put you like what 29? <laughs> That's pretty young for like we've had a, a lot of guys in here who are head brewers or have their own breweries, and they're, and they're all much older than you are. So yeah, you, you're on the younger side of a guy who has that job. Yeah. He's younger right. than me too. So yeah, I mean, I'm, so, I'm training him him up so that he can uh, take my spot, or so that you know he can better himself later on. Now, Joey, cool. what's your official role at Evil Check? Uh, I am the assistant brewer under Brian. And how old are you? I'm 28. How did you get into the beer game? Uh, I was a bartender out in Virginia, and I was behind the bar for like two months, and every time it was slow, I walked to the back and asked the head brewer, Blake, what he was doing and if he needed help with anything, and two months behind the bar, they moved me to the back, and I basically started out where Brian did, you know, go, hey, do this, do that, let's scrub floors. Let's do this, following him around, and four years later, I'm here. So what brought brought you here? Um, you mentioned last April you started at Evil Check. Because Virginia to me, into... it sounds like you're somewhere near the coast, you're yeah. having a great time, <laughs> and you're like, Indiana, where do I sign? <laughs> Give me on the next flight. Uh, I was just south of Charlottesville, and Charlottesville is an amazing city. A lot of good beer. Um, but I grew up here, too. I went to Northridge. Oh, so okay. So I was just kind of looking around, looking online for jobs, and Evil Check had a position open so i contacted them and had a skype interview and got it do you need nice. to have long hair to work at evil yeah, check i knew that was coming yeah <laughs> all right I just, I just wanted to check i mean it's to be in the back you do yeah all right it's like more of like a long hair don't care kind of attitude all right I mean? but it, it has been nice to go around and we've you know we found out how people have weathered the pandemic some have and some haven't so well and uh evil check i mean we can tell when we leave the parking lot's packed so you guys are doing still pretty pretty swift business oh yeah yeah i think uh the combination of good food and good beer really helps and uh the atmosphere, the servers are all willing to work and ready to work. So I, yeah. Well, great. and you guys too, during the pandemic last year, you were one of the few places that like I would actually seek because you have the outdoor patio. So I think a lot of people were like, where can I drink outdoors? You guys have a great patio atmosphere and then great beer. And you mentioned food too. So um, do you guys typically work on beers to pair well with your food or do you work on new stuff to kind of introduce to people, like with new styles, milkshake IPAs are obviously 
pretty popular but yeah oh i mean we we definitely have done too we have one on tap right now called the milkman it's a blackberry milkshake ipa Ooh, yeah sounds it's delicious a, it's so sweet it's very mm. very sweet it's very full-bodied and uh and delicious if you're into that sort of thing i know you guys have a lot more uh things on tap at evil check versus what gets canned how do you make the decision of what you have on like like this beer is going to be great for canning because I know you have your your staple of beers that you've always yeah. canned. But is there any point where a new brew could be like, "This is so good"? Like, you know, it, it's leveled up now. It's going to be a can for distro. Well, I think the main thing is is that labels money dictates pretty much everything. So oh, yeah. the labels yeah. cost money, and then the artwork costs money. So uh, pretty much what we're uh, rolling with now is kind of we're. And, and because of our size, like we're we're kind of in between sizes, like we're too small to be big and too big to be small. Yeah. So it's it that's what kind of limits our uh, kind of canning, and we don't have a labeler. So if we had a, our own labeler and everything, mm-hmm. like these are shrink wrapped, so we we have to get that printed from a company and go pick it up. So really, we just do seasonals and kind of our staples. The only ones that we kind of do new every year is our uh, our Russian Imperial Stout. So, but I mean just depends on demand so we're working on a new label for our corn dance premium lager mm. and that'll be the next one so we're trying to just kind of push out more drinkable beers and i like this the, i like yeah. this brand integration you guys are doing with all the other right? restaurants yeah. there's the corn dance there's the hey <laughs> <Yeah. juice. laughs> no, I mean, can't the, stop you know? it's smart now as far as brewing goes uh brian what's your favorite stuff what's like what's your favorite beer to brew to brew i like uh belgian style saisons mostly and uh yeah just kind of the freedom of the, of that style is it the style you like to drink personally yeah oh yeah that i mean i love lagers as well i like how long they take i like taking my time on things so mm-hmm. lagers you have to intentionally take your time so that's my joey what about you uh sort of the same answer as brian i'm a big belgian <laughs> fan european style but i got into ipas getting into craft beer and then i switched to lagers are much better now oh yeah so <laughs> like kind of low go, abv stuff or just easy drinking yeah it's a lot more beers yeah there's if you can brew a very good pilsner or lager then there's it's yeah it's very light and crisp but it's very complex Mm -hmm. we laugh on the show all the time how like it's you know because this show's what six years old now and when we first started what we considered like heavy hitter how hop slam was like the big boy on the block but now like the beer fridge (laughs) in my garage is filled with like doubles and triples and like i think the lightest thing i have in there is like seven and a half percent but everything but um, you forget sometimes until you go back and you drink a nice pilsner or a lager oh, yeah. or something, you know, something like this that, you know, it doesn't need to be like, you know, granddaddy's cough medicine. And exactly. Like, lay you out. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with having three or four of something and carrying about your day. Yeah. I think now with uh, we're kind of remembering those uh, paps and uh, kind of uh, Milwaukee's best to for lack of a better example. <laughs> yeah. for, we're used to like drinking a lot of those and then as we transition into the craft beer we're realizing that two pretty much gets you to where you know five uh, did with the lighter beers and that's what I think I'm going back to like I, I want to brew the stuff that I want to drink so I mean it's mm-hmm. it's nice being able to do that and not just having to do you know like 7% beers and you know and all IPAs and or all that IPAs. hazies and stuff you're you always going to have that though yeah yeah there's always going to be a little hype beer yeah. to dictate the market. Well, and then that, that'll bring them in and then also, you know, I know that when you go to a brewery, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll try that super new hype beer, but then, oh, I want to go back to, you know, what I, I know I like, you yep. know, with a, a lager or something very approachable. Yeah, they're called lawnmower beers for a reason. Like, one, they're great for mowing lawn, <laughs> yeah. but two, you can still have a couple of them and operate some decent machinery on your property. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I wouldn't be scared to operate a chainsaw and have have four uh, percent beer after. You know, is there uh, a style that you think that you you excel at over all the rest? That you're like, you know what, this is my best. I can brew this in my sleep. As a matter of fact, uh, I, give I, me like a MacGyver paperclip, two pieces of paper, and I give you a keg in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say IPAs, definitely. Yeah, I can nice. make it work. And if something messes up, or if we don't have a specific ingredient. We can kind of uh, hodgepodge and, you know, com- combine different hops and other ingredients to make something different. We're here with Brian and Joey from Evil Check. And uh, when you started homebrewing, what's the uh, what's the style you started with? Like, what was the very, the, yeah, yeah. The very first one? <laughs> That's usually what most people start with when they if they yeah. get into homebrewing is they try to mimic or copy one of the market ones or they buy a kit. And typically, it's an IPA kit. Yeah. Hey, were, you, were you close, or was it really bad? Were you, did you like, did you have one off the bat where you're like, this is it? This is money? I was lucky. I wasn't doing all grain, though, so I was kind of cheating and doing extract, uh-huh. so that kind of helped push along. So it worked. The first, Well, the first one actually blew up, and uh, I didn't know any better, so I thought, I was like, it's contaminated. So I just kind of threw it out, and then I went to the homebrew store, and they were like, no, it was probably fine, you know? But uh, So then I tried it again, and, uh, and it worked out. And I was happy. So were you I, trying to make like a two hearted or something I was close t- to something ridiculous, like probably like nine percent. So oh. there's so much sugar <laughs> in it hopped. and knocked it, blew the bucket up. And my mom, you know, she was like helping me, uh, you know, house it at, at my stepdad's house, and and uh, he collects a lot of antiques, and so that kind of went everywhere. And oh. so we didn't tell oh, him no. until after it was all cleaned up. And everything, yeah, so. <laughs> you might be wondering why this display is clean. And yes, <laughs> well, I have an explanation for you. Long time ago, we decided to call this segment the, the B move. And now, a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with Music to My Beers, B-Movie. And this is the first time we've ever done this for the show. Instead of doing one movie, we're doing an entire franchise in one segment. Well, why? I mean, why wouldn't we when the entire franchise is as popular as it is? I mean, it broke pandemic records now, bringing in $70 million with the latest installment of Fast and Furious nine or is it level nine f9 or f9 so okay. we're gonna do the entire fast and the furious <laughs> franchise nine. and i feel like this franchise has been going on since i was a child it's it's like 18 17 16 years old you had vin diesel yeah, paul walker they set it all up and it was just originally just a movie about racing cars and then kind of like a a little bit of a point break thing where paul walker he's the police officer goes behind the scenes tries to get in with you know the family really well that's doing all the the different uh, heists and whatnot around the community. And then all of a sudden, we're over in Tokyo, movie three. And then, you know, we've got The Rock and Jason Statham. I and- feel like with Tokyo Drift, not, not everybody came back. Or it was like a dis- different cast. And then they brought everybody back for the next one. And that's sort of like, let's see how many of these we can make. And then we got the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff movies. And now it's F9. Uh, I'm going to go first and say that, you know, this is one of the... I know this franchise is old enough that I was with a girl at the time because I've... I, <laughs> you can't get a girl to see these movies. This is like you're either with your boys or you're home, you know, home by yourself, drunk or high or whatever. So I haven't had a chance to see them yet because it's hard to say, hey, babe, I know we got an evening free. Let's do date night at F9. <laughs> We're going out. I had the idea. I'm like, you know, it's coming out in a few weeks. Like about a month and a half ago. Maybe I should, we should try to catch up. And it was that was not well received. Oh, because she's like, you like sex. And, you know. Well, she she was like, I don't want to watch eight movies about <laughs> racing cars. I'm like, it's, <laughs> but Vin Diesel, it's all about the family. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this this entire franchise. It's going to take me a, a dirty 30 of highlights life to get through all the movies 
And uh, I imagine it's going to take a long jump from when you're just racing cars with an undercover cop to like now cars are in space and flipping oh, and they can do all this stuff. Like that's a lot of plot to fill in, you know, and uh, where does Tokyo Drift play it? So I'm going to need to sit down all weekend, 30 high lifes. I can get it done. I like where you went with that. I'm also going to go pretty big. I'm probably going to go with uh, Little Kings. Speaking of, okay. uh, you know, a uh, uh, quite a bit because i'm gonna go with a 24 pack of little kings and those come in what seven ounce bottles are you gonna so, smash them by the yeah. side of the garage when you're done like <laughs> totally <laughs> so hype right now better clean that up yeah i feel like uh kings because like now they've got they're they're like the expendables type cast where it's got everybody you've ever heard from every single action movie r.i.p paul walker in the franchise um but you've got vin diesel and you've got the rock you've got jason statham and who else am i missing you know from Michelle Rodriguez. Yes, oh my goodness! Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with 24 of those. What about you guys? Wow. Um, well, I'd say just because Ludacris was involved. Ludo. Oh, he was. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. And Tyrese. Yeah, and Tyrese. Yeah, Ludacris really kind of like stole the show for me. So, uh, with that being said, um, I'll do. I, I like the idea of a 30 rack, but I'm going to go with Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh yeah. yes, PBR. Yeah. Not the 1776 pack, no, and not not the, <laughs> not the strong one either. There's like there's like yeah, there's, there's like it's what is it like premium or something? I don't, yeah, I don't know. That scares me. Yeah. I just oh, want to keep it classic. A harder Pabst yeah. Blue yeah. Ribbon. Uh, Joey, what about you? Oh, well, I was thinking Pabst Blue Ribbon as well, but Brian stole that. Yeah, but I also thought um, probably some Red Stripe, okay. which oh, I think yeah. is classic in my opinion. I mean, they've done nine movies, which is a little ridiculous, but. They're kind of classics. Are you, are you wondering where is Fast and Furious Jamaica Drift? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to do one in every country. Uh, some franchise Should. facts. The first film was released 20 years ago. Yeah. Yep. It was 2001. Old. I do remember because I was out at a movie oh seeing gosh. something else with somebody else. And if you've ever been to a Fast and Furious movie uh, and after in the parking lot, Everybody who saw the movie, you know exactly who was walking out of Fast and Furious. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to hit the e-brake and see what I can do way out in the parking Start lot. drifting now. And they are Burn out of the movie theater. They are planning a 10th and 11th uh, film in the franchise, so we have, we're going to get F10 and F11. All right. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if we can stretch this on for a quarter century. So there is our uh, B-movie this week, the entire Fast and the Furious franchise. We are pretty much everywhere on the socials, from Facebook to our Facebook group. That's really what... I like to check out because a lot of people get involved with that. Whether you've brought something back from vacation, a lot of people traveling around during these months. Warren, you're getting ready to head out to Portland. Yeah, I'm going to put some pictures up on the Music to My Beers, the old Facebook group, but I'll throw some up on Twitter uh, as well for my excursion into Portland. Sweet. So we'll look you know, forward will to that. I die in the heat wave? No. Will I join Antifa? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is there's stuff going on out there, and I'm, about to, I'm here for it, bro. I'll experience it. You're going to be you're going to be awesome. You're going to be great. Uh, and so we'll look forward. To pictures from that and i'll you'll send me some that i can throw up on our instagram at music to my beers you can always follow us there for the beer shirt thursday and then podcast it every monday we've got the show for you sans the music so you can catch all the uh the chatter with the the guys from evil check here and we, brian uh, and joey yeah and where are you guys at on uh, on the instagram there or anywhere anywhere on the social media yeah yeah uh, facebook brian. evil check brewery and then uh instagram i believe is also uh evil check brewery but i think more of the posts kind of uh follow through on facebook and everything like that cool yeah. uh, awesome. zach zach and i individually are on untapped you can follow zach at dad beers and i'm at man bear cluck now that we've got some <laughs> brewers cornered in this room and you can't get out for another hour what do you guys think 
personally about untapped because we've had some brewers in this summer who've been like yeah it's fantastic other ones are like i don't want to talk about it it's a pain in my ass and <laughs> and others are just like ah, i don't yeah, it's a scourge it. of the business <laughs> uh first off i need to compliment your guys' names thank you on untapped right. yeah <laughs> he came up with mine that's pretty good <laughs> but as far as the man bear cluck uh whole app goes and social media and everything like that i like it i think it brings the beer community together I think it does have a side of uh, maybe bias towards beers people love, and they might not be the best. Or if someone has a beer that's bad, they're going to give it a bad rating, and that's going to bring down the brewery rating itself. So it's give and take for me. Brian, what about you? Uh, I don't think the ratings mean so much to me. My favorite part is just reading what people say. (laughs) just about all their descriptions and just like poor grammar and everything i think that makes it so much more fun to me than to take it seriously is it hard for you sometimes because i imagine there was a very first time when you logged on to untapped and you looked at somebody review a beer that you personally like the first one you made (laughs) off the shelf you will check and like that's that's a very hard thing for 99 percent of the population to see somebody something criticized that they that they had a hand in yeah how'd you take that and then how do you become okay with seeing something that you think is a nonsensical like asinine review of something you did man i i don't know i I must be just how i am but i never really took it seriously at first i mean of course there's that little bit it's like a little blow you're like man i can't believe that they said that or like you know but then i just kind of look at their profile do a little bit more research and then it's just like oh well and then everything makes sense you know what <laughs> whatever that's the same thing we do on yeah, facebook you're yeah, like oh I, yeah let's see how this guy's living exactly. you're like oh all right he went to the school of hard knocks yeah. okay yeah i just see what other beers he he's checking in see where he lives and then it's just he or she and uh and then and then i just kind of you know what type of out. style they prefer yeah what, yeah what type they're typically into what they give the exactly. highest rated ones like you might really like you mentioned earlier belgians that's your your popular yeah. one but you're like you're not going and stinking on an IPA, and that's yeah. what I feel like a lot of people do. And the weird thing to us mm-hmm. doing this show and meeting the people we know, and like, and you run into the same like you know seventy people at every craft brewery fest in the area. It's <laughs> so like you get to know that it's a pretty you know tight community in Michiana, yeah. but it's it's hard because if you rate somebody a bad beer locally, there's a pretty good chance you're going to make eye contact. You're going to see that person like, you know, I, I I don't know how everybody does it, so I always I always make sure I. I I'm like comfortable enough. If I don't like something, I just don't rate it. You'll never hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I like it, like I don't want to. I don't want to add to the negativity of the internet. But it, it takes stones to be like this beer sucks. And I'm going to walk into this guy's place next week and sit down and I'm going to order another beer. that I'm going to rate crappily. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pour all my beers down the drain yeah. at their establishment. No, I'm just kidding. As long as they're buying it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. We're looking forward to not only opening up one or two, but now our third beer from Evil Check. And this one, you guys brought a couple of different styles. The first one was the Mexican Lager Hazes. The next one we had was the GG Patton Pilsner. And now you have an IPA. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> Cashmere Outside. Yes. I guess Catching. cashmere hops are featured here. They are most definitely featured. Yeah. <laughs> is it a is single hop, single malt type it, thing? It is not. It is not, but there's a, a few um, blended hops just in the boil, okay. and then it's all cashmere hops in the dry hop. Ooh, yeah. okay, but this is going to be delicious, so yep, uh, sure. let's crack it open. Yeah, and then uh, Brian, while, while Zach's pouring it up, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Because um, this, I, I think I may have had this before, but I'm going to act like I haven't because I'm really excited to have some right now. Most definitely. 
Um, well, actually, this started whenever uh, Bad Baby herself was uh, was uh, relevant on uh, Dr. Phil. And uh, cashmere hops were just kind of becoming a thing at that time. So uh, Simon, uh, the brewer at the time, we all decided that we should do this. And uh, I thought it was a good beer to keep bringing back. So basically, it's a tropical ale um, IPA yeast strain that we use from Omega Yeast Labs in Chicago. It's a... Um, Basically, it's like kind of sactois, um, and it's uh, it's it's uh, it used to be they used to think that it was kind of a, a wild yeast strain, but uh, it they found out it's not. So, uh, for lack of better uh, descriptive words, but uh, but yeah, so basically, it's kind of in the style of a um, a hazy, but uh, we weren't intending it to be that way. As you can see, it's uh, pretty pretty well clear. It's the nose, and this is absolutely incredible. Like it's just it's big. The, the yeast combined with the hops, I think, are really just the soul of this beer. Uh, we've talked to a lot of the brewers that have been in this summer. Um, we're here with uh, with Brian and Joey from Evil Check. We talked with uh, Summer and uh, Chip the last time they were in nice. about how like the process of we didn't know anything about like ye- about hop contracts and like oh yeah so, like how much hops do you guys buy do you have to have a uh, hop contract or yeah. anybody, like where do you get them from it's always fun to find out like because Zach and I like beer. We don't know a lot about beer, so we like having guys in who, who like we just like to drink. Well, it. the guys who actually yeah, do the work and know the science to come in. So, like, tell us about your little your hop process as far as acquisition and and how much you go through. Basically, well, twenty twenty threw a wrench in that, so we have an abundance of hops. If anybody's out there needing hops, let us know. Um, but um, basically, we had a contract through two different um, two different suppliers. Uh, one tended to have more of the European hops uh, readily available than the other one, so that's why we used two different ones. Uh, but one's uh, BSG and then uh, Country Malt Group as well. So, uh, but yeah, I have it set up. I have contracts set up through to 2023 and, uh, and basically I, you just kind of average out what you, what you brew and how many hops you use and make sure you get a little bit more than that just in case things happen. You ever sit back and think, wow, man, I was home brewing X amount of years ago and now I'm working out major hop contracts for, you know, yeah. how much, how much beer does evil check put out like a year? So on average, it's been uh, it's been hovering around two thousand barrels. So like uh, like between I think last year we did about like twelve hundred, but before it's been kind of just under two thousand. Basically, wow. it's been about the average. That's that's cool. So a lot of people come in and and they'll get the four packs to go. You yeah. guys do a lot of di- distro and stuff like that too in the area. Yep. We do a modest amount of distribution. Most of the sales pretty much go between the three restaurants that we have. Oh, I've seen oh, your yeah. hot tall van driving around the city before. I know you guys are out there <laughs> distributing. That. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you noticed my tall blue van in the parking lot of your way. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is it's phenomenal. It's delicious. What's the ABV on this? Seven. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yes. drink like 7%. So, no. It I creeps mean, up on you, though, once you get like to three or four of them. It's nice and smooth, and boy, it has a, a, such an interesting flavor, too, and such such a clear beer, like you mentioned, for drinking almost like a hazy beer, mm-hmm. where it's it's approachable. Like, I could give my mother-in-law this, and she's pretty much a summer shandy person all summer long, awesome. but, um, but she would enjoy this, I think. Mm. This is where we're taking our staff picks, putting it all together, and we're going to give you a, a six-pack that you can pick up, take home, sip on, enjoy. 
Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you know what? We'll do. Uh, we'll do you first. Okay, I'll go first, and I'm going to throw I'm gonna in say something insulting like ladies first. But why would I do that? Like, <laughs> we're boys. We do the show every week. That's just pointless. That's being mean for no reason. <laughs> we're not about that life. Here. No, no. Uh, I I went down to Atlanta last week and uh, got a chance to try some beers down there. And I, I mean, I know we've got Sweetwater and Terrapin that come up here, and the Terrapin. Um, there was a, a 12 pack that was like their travel pack and they did a bunch of variations of their IPA called crunkles. Um, yep. and I really enjoy the Caribbean crunkles because it's like a pina colada. And I never thought you put coconut and pineapple in an IPA and it actually had a really nice balance. And I thought, well, it's pretty tasty. So that's, that's one that I'm going to throw in. And then I think the other one I'm going to throw in is, uh, we were, we've mentioned some tart and sours off the air. Um, but I'm going to throw in the wild little thing from Sierra Nevada, just because it's a 5.5%. You can, it's very approachable. It's not too tart that it's going to like turn you off from sours altogether. It's more like almost fruity than anything, but uh, it's absolutely delicious with that raspberry in there. So those are my two. I'm going to go with, um, this is the second stout from these guys that like everything they say on the label, you can you taste it absolutely. Untitled Art's got a double chocolate fudgy brownie stout. Ooh. <laughs> I had about four months ago. I had a four, like four months ago. They did a, a chocolate malt ball stout, and I it was like you could taste the whoppers. I know the wow. whoppers weren't in it, but you could taste like oh my it gosh. tasted like whoppers. And this one was almost so chocolatey. It was like it was almost too chocolatey. It was just it was super fudge. But for a double pastry stout, like. You just, I felt the diabetes happening. I felt it. <laughs> I felt aggressive. type, yeah, the four horsemen of type two were riding over the apocalypse, but it's really great, but it's always fun when you have a, a giant stout like that where all the flavors they advertise, like you get all of them. Some of the, some of the, the ones we've had in the past, you're like, yeah, I suppose there's vanilla there. Like I kind of get it. Stretch in the description there. But really. when they say fudge brownie, like you get the fudge. Oh. I think they should have called it only I didn't say fudge, but that's just me. <laughs> and the other one, and I finally got a chance to get into my Buckley allotment from Transient that I picked up a couple of weeks back. Ooh. And this is the first time I ever had an entire Buckley to myself. <laughs> and it was nice, but it's also nice to, to sit back and enjoy it and, and let it uh, let the flavors open up. But it's like super, ro- super roasty. And the like the vanilla was really, really there. But it also made me curious, like if I let this sit around in the cellar for a couple of years, like what's this going to do? But I've got, 10 bottles of the stuff left from various um, variants they have this year. But this is the first year I ever got the, the full deal. Oh, my gosh. Usually it's me like, nice. you know. Two bottles. <laughs> you know, no, usually bottles. it's me slide up to my buddy yeah. who's like, who picked up some. Because I'd, like, I'd go to Dark Lord Day. They'd go to Bark Lord Day. Yeah. And somebody would, would, would get That's the other. That's me this year. You were kind enough to share a bottle with me. So thank you. That's right. I'm a real humanitarian. <laughs> but, uh, those are my two. And uh, Brian from Mule Check will let you go next. Uh, so we have a seasonal, um, summer seasonal that is going to be coming out here in mid July. Whenever I get back from vacation, it is called uh, white reaper. Um, it is a white IPA. Basically that's a mix between a Belgian wit and an American IPA. We use uh, French Saison yeast. Uh, it's brewed with, uh, orange peel, coriander, and uh, fresh lemongrass is also in the Ooh. boil, and then we put that, uh, we suspend that in the fermenter. So it's involved in the process. The whole, for the length of the of the beer, yeah, fermenting. Look forward to, to that, <laughs> Joey. What about you? Hey, we saw this, we saw the guys at Bearheads cut up fresh lemongrass. That looks like a lot of work. Yeah, it's pain. Like sit there. <laughs> whatever brewery yeah. says, like, yeah, it's got fresh this and that. It's Somebody's pain. got to cut that up, man. Do Same you thing juice with it then too, and then put, throw it in there, or do you just throw it in like whole leaf, like with so lemongrass? I I 
I, you have to, it's basically like uh, vanilla. You got to expose it. Otherwise, it's not going to really um, put as much of the Like release those flavors? Okay. Exactly. So you got to, before we would just kind of hit it with a mallet, but now like I, basically you can kind of break it and then you can, I just slit it and make sure that ev- everything's exposed. So yeah, it's t- it took a while. Oh, it's about nine pounds. Oh, yeah, that's, a lot. that's a long day. Joey, what's your <laughs> yeah, pick? Yeah, that was a, that was a long day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have got to go with someone local and Wedgwood. Um, they have some very good beers, and especially the Yippie MF. They do an Ooh, East Coast and yeah. a West Coast variation, but they're just bringing back their East Coast delicious. soon, and it is pretty delicious. So you're a Northridge graduate, right? Yep. You mentioned that. So do you get out to Middlebury pretty often? Do you have family out there? Or? Uh, I, so I live in. I grew up in Middlebury, and I okay. now I live in White Pigeon. So oh, yeah, okay. I. Anytime I have a couple hours to kill and I can shoot over to Wedgwood, it's like 25 minutes away. Cool. Downtown. Used to be downtown Middlebury. Now they just moved right off of US 20. Yeah, that big, beautiful new location. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have Great new location, on. great spot. Looks beautiful inside and out. <laughs> I like you said, whenever there's nothing going on at White Pigeon. When is there something going on at White Pigeon? <laughs> yeah, I thought Middlebury was small. Yeah. At Northridge High School, that's a pretty impressive thing. Like, the, I think you fit forty of the schools that I went to growing up in that thing. So yeah, it's a it's a big one. Tell us about your pandemic experience, really quick, because everybody kind of had the OMG moment. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, what was when? When were you? When did you guys start to think? Oh no! Oh, this is this is bad. <laughs> We, you know, we all we all thought, okay, two weeks, we'll flatten this curve, and then all of a sudden, and then it was, it became what it became. Uh, mine was moving back and getting the job because I got the job, I accepted it out when I was in Virginia, and, and then we closed and moved back, <laughs> moved back, moved into our family lake house, which was very nice and convenient, and then they closed for a month, and we're like, my my start date is pending, so then I kind of was thinking, oh crap, yeah. Do I, and so I was texting Brian maybe once a week saying like, hey. Hey, fellow, we still I, on? He's <laughs> still have a job. Yeah. I would come by and they would like open up. And then they then they opened up with very limited, like 40, 50% capacity. Yeah. And I would come by and be like, hey, Brian, I'm still alive. Yeah. I would still love a job if you guys still have a place available. Dude, what a gamble, it's man. confusing time, yeah. so basically, that, yeah. So that was my realization of, like, this is pretty serious and this is an actual pandemic and something I don't think anyone has ever gone through in but, our But then you lifetime. got the job during the pandemic then, too. Then I got the job. April. Then I so randomly got news. a text on Friday to, from Brian telling me to come in on Monday. Please come help me. <laughs> Please come help me. Now, we're, now we, uh, we've had stories from, from people that they d- brewed too much or they hadn't brewed enough. Where were you guys at when the, when the shutdown happened over Sitting at Eagle Check? pretty. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I, I've, not to brag, but I feel like I've kind of figured out how much beer we actually need so based on um, consumption. So I can kind of see how things are dwindling and how they're selling. Uh, the only thing was is we had uh, too much uh, lager, which I know is uh, terrible to say, um, never too much. But basically what we did was we kind of... Um, we had it in our serving tanks, and that's in the center of the of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So we kind of pushed that back carefully with CO2, and uh, we had to can that. And that was the only thing that we basically had to do to kind of combat in these sales. And so uh, everybody was canning, obviously, but that w- there's 
there was a way to figure it out and to get the beer out and and everything. So uh, just to clarify, we were all open. The brewery was open, just production was shut down. So for four weeks, I didn't know what I was doing, but they were still selling beer and all the, all the lovely Mm -hmm. managers and everybody, they were there and helping out and everything and keeping the business alive. Because they had plenty of it to sell because you guys were so, you forecasted probably a a big summer where people are going to be drinking these like nice crispy lagers Mm -hmm. and stuff. So good good thinking on you for scaling back that co2 for sure and we uh how lucky are you guys one to have such an amazing building and location but two to have a menu like evil check has with your lightning lunch and everything else all the food you have available there like that's a make or break thing for a lot of craft breweries like if you have great beer you know good on you but if you don't have great food to, to back it up or coming right down the pipe shortly thereafter like that's going to be a big problem for you moving forward and that's something that you yeah. don't have to worry about yeah, I think we uh, we we have a good business model. Like the owners and then the the corporate chef and everything, they 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 had a good model from the beginning, from the get go, and uh, I think that proved to kind of help out the craft beer cause. Because you know, whenever if there's a bubble, it's going to pop. The ones that survive are going to be the ones with food because mm-hmm. beer goes with food and food goes with beer. They make a winning combination. They Boy. sure do. Oh man, now you're making me hungry for Evil Check. Is there anything? <laughs> is there anything? Right. Is there anything down the line like a, a trend? Maybe you think you have your your eye on because you were right. Joey was saying earlier. It's, it was initially for craft beer it was all IPAs. Yep. You know, then it became like barrel aged styles, and it's like everybody run down the hill for hazies. Now it's sours <laughs> and Berliner Weiss. What do you think the next big thing's going to be? Like, what's the next big like the hot beer that? Because some of the brewers that have come in here, like they'll be pretty open about their hatred about hazy IPAs. But it's like, but at the same time, you've got to have one because that's I mean, people expect you to have yeah. one. I don't. Uh, yeah, go for it. I was just gonna say, um, I think right now it's the milkshake IPAs are the new craze. Mm-hmm. They kind of popped up a year or two ago, and it's always like they're floating around. Yeah, it's yeah. always like, oh, this brewery put out a milkshake IPA, and then they're like, oh, why the hell did they do that? And then. A year later, every brewery across the nation is. And I know that you guys think, at least thinking about it. Yeah, you guys just did one. How hard is that? To, how hard is one of, are one of those to make? Because to me, that's that's a lot of things going into yeah. one beer from a cost perspective. Like that's a, yeah, it's yeah, it an expensive is. beer to oh, make. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's time consuming. I mean, like the process is fairly simple, but it's more. It, it's just where it's different we obviously have to add more fruit and be careful about when we're adding it and how we're adding it so it just takes just more time and then just being careful so anything with additives like even even bigsby that's the pain in the neck to brew but it's it's a delicious beer it's a beautiful beer and people love it because it's weird and that's why i love it yeah but yeah it's just you know we gotta we gotta take care of the basically the the conditioning tank sanitize it and then this is for the milkshake ipa then we're we're putting a bunch of the fruit in there prior to putting the the beer on top of it so basically it just kind of mixes in whenever the beer kind of um fills it up and then and then we're suspending a um vanilla a a a big clump of vanilla beans in there just mm. to get the flavor. So, so much money. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, oh. yeah. Real Madagascar there, vanilla. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's a reason yeah. you go to the store like Kroger. They sell two in a jar, and that's oh, all you yeah. get. Like that's all you need is the two. Yeah. Do you throw milk sugar in there too? So yeah, and then there bit. is there's a hundred and fifty. This is an absurd amount. One hundred and fifty pounds in a 50, in a seventeen barrel batch. So that's it's absurd. But yeah, you can taste it, and it goes with it. It definitely tastes like a milkshake. Now, from a brewery mm-hmm. standpoint, IPA. we're here with Brian and Joey from Evil Check. Now that like you know ten years ago a brewer had to be an expert in hops grains malts more or less that's kind of sanitation and, yeah. and brewing 
But now you've sort of thrown this farmer's market thing into the mix. We're like, <laughs> you've got to become an expert on the fruit, the additives, right. the, the adjunct flavors, and, and where you get them, how they're, mm-hmm. what kind of qualities. Like, how big of a pain is that? Because that's, that's an entire gigantic aspect of the game that wasn't there a decade ago. Right. I think it's just more about research on, uh, on sanitizing and sterilizing certain things so, and using the equipment that we have that maybe isn't for it. So, um, for instance, with Bigsby, uh, we have uh, cocoa nibs from Davis Chocolate in Mishawaka, and then we use Zen Cafe um, um, coffee beans as well as their cold brew. So for the for the beans and then the nibs, we uh, we heat up water in the kettle basically, so we get the steam going, and then mm-hmm. we sterilize them with steam because that'd be a lot of alcohol to sterilize them in. So we just kind of figure out ways to yeah. So the vanilla beans and stuff like that, we use. I, I try and use a little bit of vodka from the bar. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and that's so that's still another cost that goes into it. But then that tincture that's made, I just put that into Voodoo or or Bigsby, what have you, whatever we're doing. So I save everything as much as we can and. Yeah. Yeah, try and be as efficient as possible. Well, you guys do a fantastic job too. Appreciated. With all the the different beers and and that Russian Imperial Stout you brew one time a year. When is yeah. when is the Stalin Stark said? When do you guys release that usually? So um, that'll be it's the closest weekend day to Stalin's death day. So we okay. celebrate his, him dying and not being around anymore. <laughs> so it's usually the first weekend in March. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. We'll look forward to that March 2022. All right. All right. So what we can look forward to is um, there's there's a mix pack with Canarchy. And Canarchy is a company that kind of owns like Oscar Blues, Cigar City, um, and some other breweries. But they've got their Hazy Pack, um, which you can find in stores. It's got beers from Three Weavers, Oscar Blues, Deep Ellum, and also Cigar City. And then the other thing that I'm really looking forward to. Dude, love Three Wieners. Like, great. <laughs> three Wieners. <laughs> Did I say three wieners? <laughs> Is that what you said? No. Three weavers. Three oh, weavers. Weavers. All right. <laughs> you know, like three the... Weavers. Uh, Never the mind. That's a different show. Names. <laughs> three okay. <famous> wine. Um, <laughs> speaking of Amish, uh, Elkhart County is doing their BBQ and brew, and it's going to be at the Farmstead Inn Conference Center out in Shipshawana, Indiana. So you're sure to see some Amish out there in Dry County, but they're going to have a Grillmaster's Burger competition and then also craft beer from some other local beers. Local brewers. <laughs> we have had a few right. show, haven't we? I know. I'm at, yeah, that catch me outside. This show is, saw, like, if we have more than two beers, this show falls apart at the <laughs> end. Oh, man. Oh, does it ever. We, we can't survive Beer Fest, to be honest. We have to come like for the pre-Beer Fest if yeah. we're going to come out Get there. Get the show those. out of the way and then, and then hit it. Now, as far as things coming up, is there anything you guys have at Evil Check you want to you specifically promote or talk about? I know you said there's some stuff going on outside. Yes. Uh, so uh, we've expanded uh, basically the patio. There's more seating out in the patio. And we're also adding a stage outside on top of uh, uh, on top of our a storage unit out there, so you can you can see the band from outside of the outside of the fence and enjoy enjoy a beer out in the parking lot in a fenced in area. So we're basically uh, adding more room for people to enjoy beer. Oh, I love and that's that. also great because you guys do have an enormous parking lot. Like yeah. that, that's a for as far as breweries go, that's a big parking we lot. We got lucky. It can get <laughs> back though. Yeah, no, it does. I've been there Friday, Saturday nights, and it's yeah. like hard to find a spot. So I just 
come over to the radio station and then walk yeah, over. Yeah, there you go. These guys are hop, skipping, and jump. I remember when Pinnacle was open, it was always nice to like work out and look over and be like, look at all those people having fun at <laughs> Evil Check. Yep. <laughs> Too bad I got to go back to work after I did these sit-ups. <laughs> uh, from a beer standpoint, anything particular you guys have coming up? Yep, we got a, we got a few uh, one-offs uh, coming out. We have a, a Saison uh, using uh, the same yeast that we did with the White Reaper, so it'll be a, c- kind of a, a dry, uh, easy-drinking beer under 6%, and then we have a, a new lager coming out uh, that we're going to dry hop um with cashmere and uh citra uh so be on the lookout for that should be exciting perfect uh gentlemen once again we're pretty embarrassed it took us so long to get a hold of you and get you in here but now we have i feel like we're best friends exactly we're neighbors yeah we are neighbors (laughs) our neighbors from evil check uh joey and brian thank you guys for coming in on behalf of zach and myself hell yeah Cheers. cheers cheers also enjoy your vacation next week thanks you too podcasts by federated media